0: Hello and welcome to From the Rookery and this is Mike and with me is, well, no one at the moment but that's about to change because I'm lucky enough to be just outside the Palace Theatre ahead of tonight's much anticipated Tales from the Vicarage event. So we're going to go in, uh, talk to a couple of Watford fans, see what they think about the event and hopefully, if we're lucky, grab a couple of interviews with uh, some of the amazing guests that are there tonight. So uh, let's see what we can find.
1: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans, for Watford fans, from the rookery end.
0: So I've made it into the Palace Theatre, and who should I find but the man, well one of the many men of the moment, Adam Leventil. Adam, how are you? I'm very well.
1: I'm a little bit trepidatious, because I don't know how it's going to go, as always, with Tales from the Vicarage Live, so... I'm a little bit nervous, I have, to be, I have to admit that. You've
0: done very well on social media, getting it getting out there. It's a popular event, it's sold out in a day, but for those who are listening who didn't know about it, who have we got coming up tonight?
1: Tonight we have Tony Coton, Nigel Gibbs, Lloyd Doyley, Clark Carlisle, and Tommy Mooney is back due to popular demand after his success last year, so they are all here, and maybe a few... Other little surprises as well.
0: You can't say Mooney once, can you? Mooney, Mooney. So. And, uh, you, you, and he you'd...
1: said that great thing last year when he said, I said, you know, does that happen often? He said, every time I come down for breakfast. <laughs> Which I loved. I know you're busy. I know you've got to get off, sir, yeah. But I've got two quick questions
0: sure. for you. Who are you most looking forward to interviewing? And who are you slightly worried about, maybe?
1: I'm most looking forward to speaking to Tony Coton because I haven't spent that much time with him. I've just got to know him over texts and a couple of phone calls and i just remember having those pull out posters in the middle from the programs and having him on my wall with longer hair admittedly and more dark hair admittedly and i'm just i'm just fascinated to learn more about him so hopefully he'll be uh, it'll be an interesting ride with him so to speak who am i worried about i don't know i don't know there's 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 challenges in in lots of different things, but I'm, I, I never get worried because I'm sure everyone's on board.
0: They're all Watford legends, I'm sure they'll behave. I want to let you go, Adam. Good luck, enjoy the show, and uh, hopefully see you afterwards.
1: Yes, yes, I will see you with a beer later. Good man. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! So it
0: gives me great pleasure to welcome to From the Rookery Inn none other than Tony Coton. Tony, you've just come off stage
2: here at the Palace Theatre. How was it for you? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um you know, Tommy Mooney had told me that he was here last year, um, but he didn't tell me what to expect. I've got to be honest, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It went. It was like five minutes.
0: The crowd lapped it up. What's it like to be back in front of a
2: Watford crowd? Uh, listen, I, I don't have to go on record and say what I, I think of Watford and the, the supporters. It was a good welcome. I had a little peek through the curtains as, as everyone arrived, just to gauge the age group. And I was delighted when... Um, when I thought, well, at least half will remember me. So um, it it was good, and it was a good reception. You'd
0: always look to me very stern, very like serious, pretty grumpy almost, angry. How did you get yourself up for a game? What was your prep? What was it like?
2: No, it was different. I mean, um, now, I mean, the game's moved on and evolved dramatically now that everybody goes out with a fitness coach and they all do a warm-up and this, that and the other. That wasn't the, the case... Um, certainly in my sort of era back end of my career it may have been but um, I was one of them because because you never had a recognised goalie coach you never had a recognised coach to, to work yet I I tried it a couple of times going out before a game for a warm up and players would just smash it in the net and <laughs> not warm you up properly and all that so I stopped going out so basically I, I used to stay in the change rooms and warm myself up, bang the ball against the wall and very various things, tell jokes just to relax myself, and uh, it seemed to work for me. You mentioned tonight, Tony, that your first uh, experience of playing on
0: a proper ground, if you like, a professional ground, was at Vicarage Road. If you had to name your favourite match that you played at Vicarage Road, which would it be?
2: Ooh, my first, my, my favourite one at Vicarage Road. There's been many. Leeds at home, uh, we won one nil. Oldham. I'm only saying these because I I made some of the best saves of my career. Absolutely. Arsenal, we beat Arsenal 2-0 at home. So, probably too many to single one out, to be honest. But
0: Is there a particular save that you remember?
2: Best save at, at, at Vicarage Road would probably be Frankie Bunn, chested one down just inside the penalty spot and arrowed one in the top corner. And I'm at, to my right at the at the uh, rookery end. I managed to get my fingertips to it and tip it over the bar. Full length, so probably that one.
0: You
2: stayed with Watford after they went down for a little while. Was that a tough decision? Well, I'd had a, I'd had a couple of inquiries and then one firm offer, which the manager called me and they said, look, Tottenham are in, they've met the asking price. And then it was Steve Harrison. I'd known him as a coach. He was making his way in management. He asked me, would I stay, this, that, but the other. And I thought Watford had been, had been good to me, so I, I, decided, to, I decided to stay. I, I enjoyed my time at Watford and so I decided to stay, you know.
0: Was jumping around a bit here, if you could compare yourself
2: to a modern day keeper, who's most like Tony Cohen in your heyday? Oh, I don't know. I think they're all better than me, to be honest. But um, I had the same, not the not the same modern day, but I had the same haircut as René Aguita, the Colombian <laughs> goalkeeper, for the scorpion kick. So
0: if you two were playing today, who'd be the better keeper, you or Aguita?
2: I'd like to think I was. There was no way I could do a scorpion kick like he did. What would be your signature move then? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've got one, to be honest. You ever seen me on the dance floor? (laughs) We might do later. Tony, thank you
0: so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Pleasure. So, we're on a Legends production line here.
3: We've got Tommy Mooney just come off stage. Tommy, how was it? Yeah, very good. Enjoyed watching the the lads for the first part. Obviously, I did it last year, so... Um, enjoyed watching that, and then to get on the stage and, and share a few stories was really good. Enjoyed it.
0: As we've heard tonight, you're still in the game. You're at, you're at Villa with with Tony, and you've been around a bit since you left Watford. How fresh in the memory are those
3: those memories? No, still fresh. I think you always remember where you have success, and I would consider my time at Watford successful. Yes, we had a couple of tough seasons, um, but. But in general, when I look back, I look back at the success, not the not the seasons where we finished mid-table or were relegated.
0: We're not going to mention Anfield; it's a bit too fresh in some Watford uh, uh, Watford fans' memories after after the weekend. But so apart from Anfield, what's your favourite Watford goal?
3: There's a couple sticking in, in my mind. I think I scored one at home to Bristol Rovers in the League One equivalent uh, when we had a couple of years down there. The stubborn Tommy Mooney, if you like, and then a couple of goals. In my last year, I think against at home against West Brom, and I think against Crystal Palace, I scored my twentieth goal of the season. So yeah, that, you, you know those are the things that that you remember.
0: You were quite important to a lot of Watford supporters because I think you embodied that effort and the sort of it looked like it, it mattered to you and you cared. And and as supporters, that that's always great to see. So there was a lot of people disappointed when you left, although not surprised. Was there any ever ch- any ever chance of you staying?
3: No, Graham Taylor in, told me in the March that. Um, he was leaving and a new manager was coming in he didn't tell me who it was um, but he told me that the new manager didn't want me to stay around myself and a few of the other bigger characters in the dressing room if you like he wanted to to clean the slate so then I had a couple of months trying to work out where I was going to go I was out of contract so there's no transfer fee so it was where I chose, um, chose to go to Birmingham in the end but no sadly I wasn't offered the option to stay
0: While you were with Watford you did get the chance to play at Wembley is it as good as everyone reckons?
3: It's the best, yeah. The old Wembley for me. I've been back and watched games at the new one and it's a fantastic stadium, but it's not the old Wembley that I grew up watching cup finals there. And for me, the you know the day that we played and, uh, and won, first and foremost, that's the most important thing. Nobody wants to talk about a, a Wembley story where you've lost. I've done it once, I've won once, and the whole day was, was unbelievable, fantastic.
0: So you're you're at Villa now, what's the outside view on Watford? What what do you hear about people talking about Watford these days? It's obviously very different to when when you were at the club and perhaps Watford supporters are a little bit nervous about how people within the game uh, view Watford. We know some supporters are a bit annoyed with the way we we did things with the Potsos and the loans and stuff. In the game, what's what's the feeling about Watford at the moment?
3: They're a hard-working team that have got a nucleus of English mentality players, if not English players. And certainly Troy, you know, is the is the catalyst for that. Keeping him was a massive signing. The right end of the table, I think to stay in the top half of the table will be a tough ask for them. But I don't envisage them being in any trouble. Um, and certainly they'll look forward to another good season.
0: Just one final word, Tommy, Sorry to keep you. I know you need to go. Troy, we can't get away from Villa and Birmingham connections. Obviously, uh, we all know Troy's connections. There. How, how good is Troy, Dean?
3: He can be as good as he wants to be. He he works harder, I'm told, still than any other player, on and off the match day field, which is the most important thing. You know, I played with him as a as a young lad, um, and you could see his desire to be a footballer. Now you could argue that every man in the street has a desire to be a footballer, but the ones that really really want it and and know what it takes um, are the ones that, that that make it. And you know, I was one of those, so I see. The, the the strengths and and advantages to Troy, and he is for me he's mr Watford at the moment, and anybody wearing the number nine shirt at Watford has a big responsibility and he's fulfilling that last one where are Watford going to finish this season mid table will be will be decent for them i think it's uh it's one of those years where consolidation isn't a, a favored word from particularly from supporters within the game, but i think that the transition that the club's been under in the last couple of years you know, mid-table will be a safe place to be and then prepare for next season. Tommy, thank you so much. You're welcome, thank you.
0: So the curtain has just come down on the 4th and arguably the best, I don't know, it's another magnificent night here at the Palace Theatre for, for Watford supporters and from the rookery end have been granted at a triple-A pass. We're backstage with, again with, um, with Adam who is looking slightly more relieved, I'd say, a bit more relaxed, you've got a beer in your hand. Uh, that that time on a question, how was it for you?
1: It was enjoyable, challenging, uh, exciting, worrying, but all in all, I'm so glad that we've we've done it again, and I am so glad <laughs> that it is done. I love it. I I really do love it, and it, it's an amazing honour to be in the position where you're in a, an amazing theatre talking to a packed house. Not many people get to do that and the the guests were fantastic grew into these characters that I wasn't necessarily expecting especially Tony Coton yeah it went as as well as I as I could have dreamed and especially with a a little bit of a twist at the beginning which I I sort of threw in there I thought midway through I thought why the Heffy Jeffy, am I doing this?
0: (laughs) It was a very good moment. It went down very well with the audience. We're going to keep that secret. I think we need to let the people who were there enjoy that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to tell everyone what happened. I think you'll find out in the fullness of time. But what you do need to know is that these events aren't just... People sitting on a on a stage talking to someone off the telly. They are the work goes into these, and there's little extras, and little surprises, and little Easter eggs, if you like, that that crop up every time. So be under no illusion, uh, fellow Hornets, as to the the effort that goes into them. But more importantly, the enjoyment you would get out of them uh, if you were there. So I would urge you, as a, as a fellow supporter, if you missed out on this one, get along to the next one. Adam, did you have a favourite moment, a favourite story, a favourite anecdote?
1: I think there was a, there was a couple of moments from. From Tony that uh, raised the roof. Very funny and unexpected. He's quite free with his language, which is uh, which is always good fun. But to be honest, the most interesting one and the most revelatory one was Watford fans will go, Tony Cotan, legend, player of the year three times, Hall of Famer, brilliant keeper, in the 80s, should have played for England. And he revealed a story about why he didn't play for England and it wasn't a hard luck story it was an absolute travesty
3: yeah
1: what what on earth I mean people will be able to see video clips from from Tales from the Vicarage Live so we, we're going to put that out but when you see it you'll go that's we need a great Scott Marty we need a time machine let's go back in time and change this this is ridiculous because he was a wonderful keeper and um for him not to have played for England is uh is as I said a travesty, and that was probably the most uh, enge- oh, excuse me engaging, engaging story. And I don't want to overplay it, but it, quite, it almost felt quite emotional
0: because Tony uh, Tony Coen gives off quite. This, he is a larger than life character, and like you say, he's he's got some some tall tales and some fruity language. But this. And, and as Adam said keep your eyes on the, I assume the Tales from the Vicarage um, Twitter feed for, yeah. for the videos but it was an, an extraordinary story and, it, and that's what you get from these things and that's why I enjoy being here you get that rare unexpected glimpse behind the curtain and it was, it was the, you could hear a pin drop couldn't you and it was uh, it was a truly so it's quite sad isn't it? It's, yeah. it, it, it it's bad news Adam you you're obviously one of our more um, famous supporters how are you feeling about the, uh, about the season so far
3: yeah
1: snap back to reality yeah sorry mate I think I think we need to pinch ourselves. Again, we are eighth in the Premier League. The full stop before the international break was obviously an unfortunate one with one of those old sort of leaky fountain pens that wasn't very enjoyable to write with when it broke and it sort of bled all over the page. So that... This
0: is why Adam does the interviewing and not the interviewee because <laughs> his analogies are slightly less uh,
1: sharp than the... Than the but... I just yeah. th- look, come on, the ink of that 6, six one victory was absolutely... Ugh. Uh, the, the, the defeat, I should say. Six one defeat, yeah, I'm not making any sense. Overall, we've put ourselves in a situation where it is another work in progress. But we've still got wonderful players that we never could have dreamed of having at our football club. And it's because it's a work in progress, we've got places where we need to improve. There are still question marks over, you know, whether it gets bad and we have a few really difficult results on the bounce. Is Valter Mazzari the, the, the manager to, to pull us out of it? Is the team spirit bang on? I don't know. But we've exceeded expectations at a number of different bullet points during the season already. So there's no reason why we can't kick on.
0: And of course, the great thing is what's happening before our very eyes is the writing of new chapters of future volumes of Tales for the Vicarage, which we're here to to launch tonight. Just a quick word on uh, on where people can get it. And perhaps more importantly, why?
1: You can get it, Online, uh, from us directly, talesfrom.com forward slash Watford with a small W. It's no sort of slight on Watford. It's just simply how the uh, the URL works um, at the moment. Uh, you can buy in Waterstones in Watford. And I have to say, it's so good that Watford have a Waterstones once again. For the fabric of the town to be built on the printing presses and for us not to have had a Waterstones up until now, and we've had a hiatus where there hasn't been one. It's brilliant. We need a bookshop. We're into books. Reading's good. Waterstones back. All good. Uh, you can buy it there, W8 Smith, online, Amazon, wherever. Buy it wherever you want. Um, but yeah, this book, it's a, it's got a fingerprint or a thumbprint on last season but then yeah, we cast our storylines back to the day especially, you know, as we discussed on stage this year, beating Arsenal, comparing it with 87 and beating Arsenal. There's Kiko sanchez Flores in the book. We've got a chapter about Valter Mazzari, which you always need to take a little flurry yeah. when you're saying it. I can
0: confirm that there is... It's more than a flurry. It's, uh, it, it's a magnificent sign. Sorry, Adam.
1: It's, it. a, it's a sort of a ripple, isn't it? Beppe is in there as well. Um, obviously, Clark, Lloyd. For, for the book to contain a letter from Lloyd, a farewell to Watford, that's good enough for me. We could have just printed a pamphlet with a letter from Lloyd, and that is good enough for me. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, really interesting uh, stuff in there, and uh, one moment as well. Uh, moment, one chapter at the end where Lionel discusses what life would have been like, and I know he spoke to you on on the on the podcast about what life would have been like if the potzos hadn't have pitched up, um, and that's a that's a really interesting read as well. And there's some fantasy about tattoos there's mascots and i know you've got your your sunny gym having a wonderful journey as far as mascots are concerned at the moment uh so yeah no it's a really good read and it's uh i just want to say to people the reason why we do it is because we love the club but also from my point of view producing books it's not about setting the world alight with a massive business it's about getting people reading and that's really important read words off a page rather than getting blinded by the lights on your screen. And this is a
0: magnificent opportunity to read words about Watford, an opportunity that isn't afforded um, supporters of every football club. So, Adam, thank you very much for, for, for speaking to us this evening. Thanks again for a wonderful evening. Um, and thanks again for solving a lot of people's Christmas present, Maurice.
1: No problem. We're here for you. Ho, ho, ho. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end
0: so there we have it the end of another memorable evening here at the Palace Theatre big thanks to Tony Coton to Tommy Mooney and to to Adam Leventhal of course for his time tonight and for for putting the event together along with Lionel the book of course is Tales from the Vicarage it's volume 5 um, you heard from Adam where you can get it, so do check that out. We'll be back again uh, after the Leicester game. Uh, who won't be jo- someone who won't be joining us will be John. Um, John has recently had his second child, so congratulations to to John and his family, and welcome to the world another little Hornet. Thanks to you all for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks also for everyone's magnificent efforts um, in voting on the poll that uh, I instigated on voting for for Arlo. He'll be back next week. You'll hear uh, there'll be another episode of Michael Parkinson uh, next week. But thank you so much to everyone who voted um, to help get him to the FA Cup final you'll know what I'm talking about if you've seen it on Twitter um, if you don't know what I'm talking about count yourself lucky but thank you so much to everyone uh, who voted it means a lot I've got one very happy uh, young Arlo Parkin so that's us that's our show for this week uh, like I said we'll be back again after the Leicester game get in touch uh, on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook whichever one of those works for you um, we love hearing from you guys it's what makes it worth all worthwhile so let's know what we're doing right what we're doing wrong uh, what you thought of the show what you're looking forward what you're thinking about the Leicester game any thoughts at all, anything to do with Watford, we want to hear from you. Thank you very much. From the Palace Theatre, that's good night. Come on, you on it.